0: This is Tracy J. Hines Today we are going to have an interesting conversation I have with me Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh What's up girls? Hey everybody, this is Leslie Lee with that black girl magic Hi Tracy, hi Leslie It's Terry, Hi, everybody? A long week, huh? Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. All good. How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, it was a long a week today, though. I had a long week, too. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm under the gun. Every visible mistake that I could have made at work, and I have to own it because I have a new position, it appeared last week. And I am trying so hard to not be on a defensive about everything, because I can't run around defending myself in certain situations. I have to own it, even if I didn't cause it. It's and, tough and when you have to time It's, it's, it's very hard. hard. You have to I said, if you're in charge, I guess you got to own it. Own it quick and keep it moving. That's you know, good. that's what I want to do is own it quick and keep it moving. But it's almost like, hey, you know, you take a dog and you put his nose in the poop and you're going to keep <laughs> rubbing it in until they're ready to let it go. I can't move it. I can't keep it pushing. They keep that's the my old nose school it. That's the old school way of doing it. There's no love in that. They just rub your nose in it all day, all day, all day. That's oh how God. that goes. I mean, I just felt so right. defeated at some point. It's tough. Well, look, it's tough. you can't let them see you sweat. You can't let them know that it's getting under your skin. Just keep pushing your strength. Minimize your weaknesses and just keep it moving. Try and ignore Thank the haters. You. Well, you know what I, I had to, like, when you say minimize my weaknesses and, and, and hone in on my strength? And I had to keep telling myself, like, when we were absent, when we had no leadership in my department, it didn't collapse. And I'm gonna take full credit for that. So that's where I feel my strength is coming from. That department didn't collapse when we didn't have leadership until I was promoted. So that's where I feel most of my strength lies. And it yeah, didn't
1: collapse because, because there was remind a
0: reminder. Yeah, and it yeah, didn't he- collapse because it was a mistake made. Either it, it just it was a mistake. You carry on. You don't let people you know crush you like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no, so no, so we'll on email, you know I missed it. Maybe. Somebody say it. One person. No, I say you need to keep reminding the good things you've done. Send them an email every once in a while and say, remember when this happened and how we solved this issue. you got to promote yourself. That's true, Terry. That is so true. Yeah, you have to find a way to do that. I remember that. You have to find a way to do that. When you're talking about a topic and somebody needs an answer, and you bring it right around and turn it back around on how you did this at a previous date, that helps. Because they forget. (laughs) You know, everybody forgets all the great things you do. It's the one horrible thing that you do that everybody remembers and wants to, like you said, Leslie, rub your nose in it. But what I have for you girls is what is going on in D.C. with these missing girls. What's the news saying down there? Because you know we get a different view from up here. What is going on? You know, I to think... be honest, I think mm-hmm. DC is really just starting to deal with the reality. The first couple of weeks, nothing was said. And then she came out with a press conference last week, basically, which was kind of weak. Basically, she was saying the number of girls that were missing is the same as that's been missing in the last year or in 2015 or 2016. They were kind of minimizing it. But now that so it's. that sounds mixed good, like it, it's okay? <laughs> Well, now that it's gotten some play in the media, you're forced to deal with it and you have to take it more seriously. So now she's kind of, you know, trying to get more people behind it and to really do some, um, you know, searching as to what's really going on. And you're talking about the mayor, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the mayor of D.C. Mm -hmm. Mm All right, so let me ask you this. What I read today, it was talking... These girls didn't all go missing at one time. It's over a period of time, right? Yes. Yeah, I think there's been about 16 or 18 girls that have been missing, black and or Hispanic brown girls basically since uh, the first Mm -hmm. year. And one of the things that I wanted to point out with the, the new cases that are coming up, plus the old cases that they keep reminding us of, is that some of those cases are old. So therefore, it looks like, and I I think I understand what Muriel Bowser is trying to say in terms of we have to understand what the numbers look like because social media is showing, like, old cases, and if you don't expel, explain it correctly, you're thinking that these women, these girls are going missing one after the one after the other. And they have this one little girl, Valisha Rudd, and Terry, you probably remember her. They never saw yeah. her case. She was taken from a homeless shelter by some person that worked there. And he turned up dead. His wife turned up dead. They never found this little girl. And I will honestly say that the DMZ area Turn this tri-state upside down looking for her. So the, in that one particular case, they really went all out, but her face is starting to resurface again with the newer young ladies that are com- becoming missing. So we have they have to understand that the messaging everybody is just so in all up, a, up in arms that they don't know how to handle it. And so so many so many messages are out there you got to be very careful. Well, that's how it's coming across, across that here. It. That's how it's coming across here. It's coming across like this is just every day, you know, somebody's taken or there's 14 girls at one time. Not to say that because people were missing last year, it's not as important, but I kind of want the reality. I don't trust anything now that I hear on the news anymore. I just don't because I don't know what's what anymore. It's crazy. Well, I, I think that there is an issue in this country that... Black women don't matter. And when things happen for black people and black women especially, it's overlooked. Like, I think about a situation in California. There was this man, black man, running around, kidnapping uh-huh. and raping and killing prostitutes. But because they were prostitutes, nobody give a damn. Nobody cared. But he was a serial murderer. And it wasn't until... I. I think it was one of his victims. He wasn't able to kill, and she fought back, and they and and she made the police understand that there's somebody out there doing this to people. And they did an investigation, and they found them. But it was at, it was at the place where nobody really cares. Black women, whatever they're missing, so you know what?
1: You right, looking for them
0: anyway. And there is an issue with that. There's a messaging problem in this country. There's an issue that it's okay to harm black and brown lives. And, I, you know, that's. let me jump off of my soapbox because I am a militant. I know. I know. But, you know, I'm surprised. I didn't hear any Amber Alerts. Are you guys getting Amber Alerts? I mean, down here when people go missing, kids go missing, my phone goes, goes berserk. I get an Amber Alert. Does that happen up there in D.C.? You get them, but see, these are older ladies um, or older girls. So these are 16, 17, 18. Versus a Ralisha Rudd or the Amber Alerts. A lot of times, these are kids. You know, younger than 10 or yes, younger 10, than yes, 17. Right, right, right. And they are um, because they're younger. You know, and and are supposedly more vulnerable. You get the Amber Alerts for the younger ones, but when it's a high schooler missing. You know, there's this, um, being said that, oh, they ran away or they were part of a gang. You know, they said we have a lot of gangs here. Um, and so they were saying they were part of gangs it's gang activity. So a lot of times you don't get the Amber alert because it's suspected or suspected they're older and you know what I mean? They're leaving. They're leaving by choice. Is that that what they're saying? They're leaving by choice. by choice, but they're just not as vulnerable as a six-year-old girl that's been missing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think usually the mm-hmm. amperors are the younger kids. hmm Well, I have open, okay, I trust nobody. It, the reality of the situation is, um, with the media, you know, being, um, predominantly white media, you know, they're going to tend to, um... Show stories that are um, portrayals of people that look like them. So you're going to see the Natalie Holloways missing and the other ones right, missing. Right. When it's black, mm-hmm. African Americans or Hispanics, brown girls, we don't have a huge black media presence. We don't, you know, BET is only shows new takes like one hour of the day out of twenty four hours that they actually. Uh, on TV, and so Mm -hmm. when you don't have major black newspapers or major black news outlets on on TV on the national level, um, the message just is harder to get across unless you are looking at some of these black websites, but, you know, not everybody goes on the website. They're not reading that when they go on the web. You know, they're reading more mm-hmm. salacious scandalous stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, it is a function of us not having a stronger media uh, to represent us, the brown girls. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, I think that people good. should be very aware of their surroundings because a lot of times when you hear stories about human trafficking, think that's happening in another in another country. It happens right here. It could it's be the right neighbor here. that you least expect and got a basement full of women down there. So you've got to keep your eyes and ears open and look at look out for the suspicious. Like my husband, we argue about it all the time because he tells me I'm not observant. And sometimes I'm not, but then, you know, I have to start thinking about what, what he's saying and what's going on around us. If somebody's missing, she might be walking down my street. She might be... In a, a, a stressful situation, and I'm witnessing it. It's almost like the sniper situation that we had here years right ago. Right. And people probably ran across this guy and that young man, and they felt uneasy when they saw him, but they just didn't know how to approach it, what to say. They, you know, you got. We have to be more observant of what's going on around us because these crazy fools live amongst us. They're here, everywhere. It's scary. I tell you, it's you very stereoty- stereotype crazy. Crazy you can't stereotype. Crazy comes to work every day with a suit on. That is I don't true. Know. I just wish there was something I could personally do to help find the women, you know? I don't know what to do. Things like that just, it it makes my heart quiver. It really does. Know. You know what it is? You feel vulnerable because you feel like it's close to home, or could it happen to you, or do you know anybody? You know, Nobody wants to know that their child's been snatched off the street, no matter what age they are. I was listening to WHUR coming home last week, and they were talking about the same situation. And this one lady was telling her story about a young woman that moved to the D.C. area. So she's new to the area, doesn't know anyone. And the mother was saying that her daughter was very reliant on her glasses. And in the middle of the night, she snatched out of her house. Her two young kids were there. And she didn't even have her glasses with her. And her mother hasn't seen her in six years. 24 years old. Oh, my Lord. See, I don't know how I I wouldn't be able to carry on. I would not. And that's that's the kind of stuff that doesn't hit the airways. A twenty-four-year-old person, new to the area, has small kids in the house, doesn't just leave in the middle of the night without her 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 glasses, which she needs. So exactly. Where's so the uproar for that? We don't. I never even heard that story, and so I was listening to her mom on WHUR last week. I never even heard. What it. about? What about the Fayetteville story? Did you hear that one? Where the father, um, I think it was yesterday or this morning, they may have caught it. The father and the mother had this violent relationship and he was just crazed, took the kids, didn't believe they were his kids and drove into the woods full speed and stabbed the babies, two years old and four years old. I don't know what what's going on, mom? what happens. Yeah, it's crazy. What happens in people's minds? You know, how do you get to this point where children, you know, they're, they're not safe. No matter what arena they're in, they're not safe. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. It breaks my heart. It absolutely does. Well. Yeah, I think as a, mother, of <laughs> as a mother of, of daughters, um, I don't have daughters, but if I were a mother of daughters, and none of us have daughters, but I wonder what what would I be telling a daughter right now if I had a 16, a 17, 18-year-old daughter, somebody that's still in high school. um, She would never, I would feel like she would never leave my side. Be like, look, there's your ball and there's your chain. That's as far as you can go. Okay? That's it. I mean, you don't want them to live life as though they are in fear all the time. But what? You don't. What, but you don't want them to be missing either, right? So what do you what do you provide them when they um, walk out the door? What what tools? Well, what knowledge can you give them when they walk out the door? Do you give them mace or pepper spray or something to protect themselves if somebody tries to them? Well, you know, cast- you got to give all of that. You have to give all of that. You have to give mace, pepper spray. You have to teach them self-defense so they know, you know, if this happens. You know, there was one story down here. I don't know if you guys saw it. A young girl that was in college, somebody kidnapped her. She was in the trunk of the car, and all she could remember is how somebody taught her how to roll out of a trunk of a car when the car was moving so that she wouldn't damage herself. And that girl got out of the car and was free. So things like that, I think you'd have to teach. I would teach my daughter. And she would definitely have a self-defense class so that she can learn how to fight and make moves so that, you know, she can hopefully escape. I think in my, I, would, I would want to try to see if I can recreate a little bit of what we had when we were growing up. And what we had was that there was more familiarity in the neighborhood. You knew your neighbors. You knew their mothers. You knew the kids. You knew who. And I would try to get my daughter or my children to buddy up with people that I feel safe with and mm-hmm. see if we can work something out, like as a, as a community. We all have we're you all know know what helped help us better circumstances. You're right there, Leslie. You were so right there. Because what helped us was that because we were such a close-knit neighborhood, you knew when somebody came into the neighborhood that didn't belong there. Because you knew your neighbors. You know, we grew up in a time when you could go next door and ask for sugar or butter or flour or whatever it is that you wanted. You had each other over. Nowadays, people, they are tunnel vision. You don't know who your neighbors are. And I don't even know that your neighbors want to know you nowadays. It's tough. I mean, we've allowed our, our daughters and our children to start their private lives too soon. I mean, think Definitely. about it. We, all, we were Definitely. raised, you know, kind of all of the same. How private was your life when you was a teenager? You, and and go ahead and back talk. I'm not saying to be, you know, go back to corporal punishment and, and treat children a certain way. But if you've got, we've got to figure out how to gain the, the access into these kids' lives. If, if you can't allow them to be that private so that they have You're so right. much of a life by themselves that they dare enough to their own devices to make decisions. You're right. I mean, when we were coming up, you watched TV in the living room as a family. There was no, you go in your little room and close your door. Close your door. I said open your door. You didn't open your door. Your parents took your door off the entrance. Now you don't have a door, okay? None of this stuff went on. You know, we were not able. We didn't have a private life. Your life was their business when we were growing up. You didn't have a private life until you left their house. That's when things became private. And by then, you were a full-grown adult, and they were finished pretty much raising you. But I, I think you're right. We let these kids, I mean, I see eight, nine-year-olds with cell phones. Who the hell are they talking to? I'm all right with an eight-year-old having a cell phone. I'm okay. I'm not all okay with an eight-year-old having a password protected. I can't see it and pick it up at any minute. A cell phone. <laughs> you ain't password protected. Nothing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay, maybe I can go with that. You can have the phone, but no password. I can go with that. I most you do of the phones things. now, I thought most of the phones now, you could actually put a GPS on somebody's phone. So, I, I'm wondering why more parents don't have GPS's on their child's phone. So if the phone goes missing, you know, maybe that's a better chance of finding the child. And then, let's be clear some of these children are not coming from that conventional parent household <clears throat> are they in foster care situations or, you know what i'm saying you you got to think yeah. about when we say parent everybody's not coming from that that household that we know as parent the, the relationships out there are so different than what we remember yeah but they <laughs> they still they do still care about where their daughters are, so what can they mm-hmm. do? I mean, I don't you know I'm assuming, like you said, everybody has a cell phone these days. It's as simple as putting an app on there that can track you know where the phone is, where your child is who they, you you can track who they're talking to. you can limit the phone numbers they call um True. so it seems like you could put some more controls there to have a better chance of knowing who was the last person your child spoke to, where possibly their phone is, which could also lead you to where they are. I don't know if those tips are being given to parents. You know, these are some of the things you need to do in order to protect your child. Because your child is vulnerable. I don't know if they are being targeted and being put into sex trafficking situations. So if you care about your daughter, there's a couple of quick little things you can do. So is it as simple as just having a, you know, quick little Saturday morning seminar with the teen girls and their moms? This is what you need to do to protect your family. I don't know if that's That's happening. I don't don't know either. I don't know, know, you know, where where these girls are, what stage of life, you know, do they have cell phones? Like you said, you know, is it a traditional family? or their parents checking for them? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know the scenario of, of the life these girls lead. I so always struggle when, mm-hmm. so when I think about modern day times. When I think about modern day times and how would my father raise me in today, like I remember when I spent too many too many minutes, not even hours, minutes on the telephone. What, what time he went into a rage and snatched the phone wires, everything, out the wall. Get off my phone. Now, he did that because he knew how to fix it. <laughs> I said, he was lose his mind raising me. In tears. Were you talking to a boy or what? Was that what it was? No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, back then it was like if you were on the phone for five minutes, that was five minutes too long for our parents. And he snatched the phone cord out the wall. You yeah, never had this. She didn't mind me talking on the phone. I got to get my own phone at one point because I was on the phone too long, interrupting her receiving calls. You know, we didn't have call waiting back then. Right. That's what it was. It was a combination of everything. His big line was, get off my phone. You're not going to monopolize my phone. <laughs> and it had a lot to do with the technology, and you laugh because you know my father. You knew my father. And that's exactly, exactly what he had. You're not going to sit on the phone for hours on end, and we can't receive phone calls. There's nothing you need to talk about that much. And he was not having any of it. So I couldn't imagine what he would do in this day and time raising a young person. That would be so funny to see. Hmm. I wonder, you know, Terry, what you said before is like running over in my head about seminars for the young girls and teaching them. I wonder what they do in school. Do they even talk about stuff like this in school? Do they have uh, assemblies where you talk about children and, and how to protect yourself? And, you know, I know they had the whole campaign of Stranger Danger, but clearly it's not working. I wonder I what they do so long ago. My kids are almost as old as me. I don't know what goes on in school. Yeah, I don't know either, but, I mean, that would be my suggestion. If I were a parent and I had a teenage daughter right now, I'd be just saying, okay, do you need to have an after-school special session or do you need to call an assembly and let's bring all the kids together and talk about what's going on and let's give some of these young girls tools on how to make sure they're not the next victim. I would hope that's yeah. what's going on in the schools. And, you know, other um, churches can do that. Um, you know, other institutions, nonprofits that, you know, are uh, geared towards the, the welfare of girls. I mean, I would think that's what needs to happen. And a lot of parents, like Leslie said, are not in a position to, um, what's the word, you know, take care of those things on their own. They need help. They need help with putting an app on their child's phone. They need help with even making sure, you know, maybe a little bit of money to make sure they have an updated phone so they can keep track of the child. Because I do think a lot of these girls are um, coming from, you know, neighborhoods that the parents may not be in a position. They're not, you know upper middle-class neighborhood and let's not forget guys are getting kidnapped too now this is not just a young girl thing young man let's Let's Mm -hmm. take a quick break we'll come back and pick this up all right all right
1: You want my love and you can't deny, you know it's true, but you try to hide, yeah, you turn down love like it's really bad, ow, you can't give what you never had, yeah, well bless your soul, you can fool.
0: Welcome back to Love Talks for Everyday People. Today, Leslie and Terry and Tracy are just talking. Um, first segment, we talked about those missing girls in D.C. We're just praying for them and hope that uh, everybody is returned home safely. Leslie, what's going on? Okay. I was watching TV. Mm-hmm. I like reality TV show because it goes by quick for me. I don't, I can't get invested in those shows that go on for two weeks just to find, go on for 10 weeks to find out who the winner is. So I'm watching Holly Robinson, Pete, and her family on their reality show. And there was a segment with her mom who just turned 80 a while ago and Chris Rock's mom who just turned 70 and a few other older dolls. And she wanted to celebrate and have lunch with her girls. And the topics that the ladies were talking about, I'm like, this is a topic that we as women will take to our graves and there's no resolution. And this is just life, and we just have to deal with what comes our way at life. They were talking about sex. They were talking about love, relationships. And it sounds very reminiscent to all the conversations that we've had over the last couple of weeks, and I was, like, saying to myself, like, wow, you think that you get to a certain age and, you know, things kind of settle down, but here it is 80 years old, and they're still talking about finding that one relationship that satisfies them, and I think about, like, where we are today and how we think about relationships and when do we get satisfied with what it is that we're doing right now, right in the here and now? When I heard those older women talking, and I'm saying to myself, that's going to be us. We'll be at different stages in our life, but at what point do we talk about the satisfaction? When will we satisfy? I mean, what that might have been conversation they were having at that time. I'm hoping that, you know, at that age, they also have plenty of things to be happy about and joyful about and thank God for. Um, And I would just say, you know what? Hey, the fact that they still have something to complain about, you should be thanking God for that because that means you're still here, you're breathing and alive, and you're not six feet under. I just know, you know, the struggle always goes on, and, hey, I I would be still happy to just be Talking to you and Tracy Leslie what? you know, about whatever issue it is, because that uh, you're you're still alive. Hey, thank God. That's true. on okay. the other side That's of that, that, Leslie. All have. Uh, no, go ahead. On the other side of that, Leslie, um, are, are you implying that we as women are just never satisfied, or we need to find something to satisfy us? You know, I didn't hear the conversation, so I don't know. I don't know. It makes me wonder, are we ever satisfied? I don't think that, like Terry said, I think that they all have something that they're grateful for in their own right, just like we do. We all have a life that we're grateful for. We don't live a tragic lifestyle. I think that Mm -hmm. what happens in life is that at some point, I think a lot of people believe that if something happens, then that's going to be the pinnacle. But we're all waiting for that something to happen, whatever it is. If it's a relationship that we're waiting for, if it's the career that we're waiting and believing for, we're all striving for this something that's supposed to happen. And I don't know, use the term very loosely, like that completes us. Like when do we just every day wake up and be satisfied and stop looking for that something to happen? I don't know. If you wake up satisfied, then what's your motivation to keep reaching for more and and, and living life and and experience in life? I think you have to have some bit of um, something inside of you that isn't satisfied, that gives you that extra push to go out and explore and bring new things into your life. Yeah, I think there's always going to be one part of your life that is never always gonna never gonna be complete, but I think that's just what life is. I mean, you do wanna wake up motivated and have some things, something to get up out of the bed for that you're like, okay, this part of my life is not right so this is why I'm getting out of bed today. But I also know that, you know, we all have lived a blessed life. So there's nothing wrong with being content and satisfied today, right now at this moment and rejoicing in that And also just, you know, relishing in it, enjoying the moment. There's nothing wrong with, you know, whatever, wherever that is, Leslie, when you're on the road with your husband and you post a picture to Facebook, y'all look like y'all are happy. You look like you're satisfied. Oh, we We had a good weekend. Yeah, you look like you're on your way to somewhere good and life is good right now. Oh, yeah. Something bad might not happen later, but I think we all have. The good and the bad, and when and when you got the good, you need to ride it like lovely rides. Get on the road and ride to New York <laughs> or wherever. Ride yeah. those good stuff, you know. Well, you know what else came up in their topic of discussion? They, um, Holly Robinson Pete's mother said that orgasms keep you young. And one of the ladies, yeah, I the believe picture, that. Girl, <laughs> you sure? I believe that. <laughs> So I think we better make sure that we're getting our orgasms in Because I want to stay young I want to look young I believe it Sex definitely has useful benefits You definitely need to get yours <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting you said that about going away this weekend We went to a party and it was too funny My son was with us this weekend My youngest one, and he's 28 we're at this party, and I'm sitting at the table with this young girl. I, I, I don't know her age. I couldn't guess, and I don't know her. And so we're at the party, and Justin's coming to me, talking to me every now and then. He'll walk away, and then I'm talking to her. Nothing serious. And then finally towards the end. She's, like, got up the nerve, and she's looking at me, and she's looking at him. She's like, who's that? I'm talk to him. Who's that? I was like, oh, that's my son. That's my 28-year-old son. She said, that's your son? Oh my God, you're so cool! I was ready to ask you. You want to go clubbing with me? I said, "See, that's what I'm talking about. Getting my orgasms." In. Okay. So you're getting yours. You're getting yours. I'll get my <laughs> orgasms in because I want to look young, so people get real confused. That is my son. That is not my. I don't know who that is standing over there, but that's not I just find me a group of eight year olds uh-huh. and go sit and eavesdrop for a little while. Uh-huh. I said, I need to find you a group of 80-year-olds and go sit and eavesdrop for a little while. Yeah, you got to find the right group of 80-year-olds because some people didn't stay on their game. I'm not trying to look like somebody's grandma at 80. Some people did not stay in the game at 80. You got to find the right group of 80-year-olds. Yeah, but the sex keeps the blood circulating, the blood flowing, keeps the skin all nice and, you know, keeps the skin, the blood flowing to the face and, yeah, you got to keep that Hi, this is wow. Tiffany. How are you? Hi. Oh, hey. Hey. yeah. What do we have here? Oh! <laughs> How are you? Hey, Tiffany Rowe. What's going on? I'm good. i just, so we got to keep, what we got to do and keep it right and keep it tight. I'm listening to y'all. Keep some orgasms. Keep those orgasms coming. Yes, yes, yes. I actually um, have a client who I'm um, selling their home. I sold their home, actually. And they're in, they're in their 70s, and they are still very juicy. And, you, and, it, mm-hmm. and I like it. You know, you look at the husband and you look at the wife. But I tell you, one of the things that they told me is that they loved their kids, but they didn't let their kids run them. Right. And that they right. thought, I mean, and, and in the, in the sense of, in the sense of, you know, and it, we all have a different, a different story. But in their case, they got together and they had their children. So what they said was like their kids came after them. So, and once they left, they were still going to be together. You know, sometimes I guess, you know, if you do have a child and then you meet somebody else, then sometimes that that, that child because that child kind of came before that relationship, has a little more play or more pull in, in the relationship of right, right. the mom or the dad, whomever. But in, in in their cases they said, you know, they always they always came together and saying, Okay, we're the parents, they're the kids and we're still gonna be husband and wife while we're parenting. A lot of times you parent and then you lose yourself. And by when it's right, right, you, right, you know as right. husband and wife, y'all looking at each other like, "Well, who are you?" And you know who right. am I if I'm not Genesis and Zyla's mom? You know what I mean? But right, right, right. I took that to heart with my husband, Sean, and I'm like, "Nope." Sean is you know it's Sean and Tiffany, and and these and you kids, guys come next, <laughs> and they come next, and they yeah, next. it happens. So this way, when you and Sean are eighty, oh, so this way, when you eighty, y'all will still be juicy. We going to still huh? be juicy, and I'm hoping it right. won't be like the Notebook. Did you see? Y'all have a Yeah, yeah, that's oh, not my gonna God, be with That woman, oh, I'll cry I every time I see that. But I think Sean will be reading me the story. that's funny well you know it's funny when you say that because I've had this discussion with my husband with my kids and my kids did not understand when I said that I am teen parent y'all not gonna get me on the wrong side of the team and then all of a sudden y'all move away and I'm stuck with this man he's looking at me like oh where's your kids at now right yeah (laughs) (laughs) because we raised Mm. them to live their life we raised them so that you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not even one to say kids, you know, nowadays, the way money's funny with so many people in so many situations, your kids may be with you forever, but y'all have to stay on that side because mommy and daddy is, Wendy Williams says, we're dipping and doing it. You know, we're right. still going to be husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or, you know, partners or whatever the story is in, 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 that, in that household, but Yes, I, I definitely, I, and I definitely feel us as women, we need to be mindful of our bodies, our health, because you know the women that we are today of this world, of this time, we are still cooking. I think I'll say it from my house, still cooking, still cleaning still maintaining, still being a mom, but we're also Korean women. We're also business women. We're also both orientated. You're, you know, you're doing your show and doing other things as well. We're doing, we haven't given up those other, um, those other pieces that maybe our mother's mothers did. You know, we're still doing that, that work that they were doing and now we're doing this other pieces. And I feel like we haven't really said, okay, we're going to let some of that go. And right, right. Said, we have to be healthy. We have to be even more healthy to maintain this pace. Well, you know, it's interesting you, know, you said that because I've mm-hmm. been having revelations in my for myself. I'm doing my own mm-hmm. self-assessment and I'm constantly growing. And I'm starting to really admit to myself the things that I stress over are really not important. And mm-hmm. it's causing me health problems not major, minor, but they can grow into something later on. And I need to stop stressing over those small things, those things that, you know, are insignificant for somebody else, but for me it's huge and maybe monumental. And you know, people don't even realize what you're going through. Like when I was talking at the beginning part of the show in terms of work-related situations, like coupled with everything that comes on, on me in the course of a week or a day at work, I'm still dealing with my mom's stuff. I'm her primary care, caretaker. Mm, I can't come yes. to work and explode on them. And so I'm starting right. to have to learn where I have to put things in proper perspective. And we do a number on ourselves as women. So, you know, we really got to be kinder to ourselves and be and, and and careful about everything you know? that we want to take on. You can't take on everything. We can't take on I had a conversation this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation this morning with a woman that I work out with. She's, nervous. she's like, why are we so hard on ourselves? She and I were in the gym working, 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 working. Not this morning, yesterday morning. Pumping iron, doing the push-ups, doing the, pl- uh, the planks, doing everything. And then after class is over, she's like, oh, my gosh, you see fat this? This right here? And this is that. And, and she looks good. But we're never happy. I don't know why. We're, we're never- so hard on ourselves. Let me tell you something. This is what you do. Fix all that. Go get the picture from high school. And you say, "Oh, you're not happy. <laughs> you better be happy." <laughs> you know, because he wasn't it's happy. Crazy. Then. And you look at that and say, "Dad, I wish I looked like that." Every ten years, you always complain. And then when you look, but, but remember, ten years earlier, you was complaining about that. But the thing which is beautiful that you said that I think is probably the most beautiful thing that he was with her. So, as women, at least. Y'all have each other, you know, a lot of times women don't even have that. So you're there to culture on to say, you look amazing. And like today, even Sean, I had to give him a, a, a dig. I'm in the gym, like you said. I did like 30 minutes on this side-to-side elliptical. And then I right. went on the step, the, the step machine. And there's a step mm-hmm. machine where you just go up and down, and there's a step machine where it's like literally steps are rolling. you got to walk up. So I'm on the step machine, and I said, I sure." Said, Sh- Sh- I'm on the phone with him. He's like, what, do you- what did you do today? And I'm telling him, I went on the thing, and then I went on the step machine, and he says, which step machine? The big one, which is the one that rolls with the little one. I said, with well, the little one. He said, you need to go on the big one. I said, well, you're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're telling me. I, what, are you doing? what I need to do when you're laying down. You're and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I'm like, exactly, you know. You, we got to push each other. I always say as far as women, as far as, like, I can't stand a woman who's willing to hurt another woman, you know, because when stuff hits the fan, it's your sister friends that's going to, you know, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not, Advocating that anyone do it, but the sister friends is going to be there to key the car if he did something. You know they're going to have to get well, we, We're all about the sisterhood. We are all about the sisterhood. Like right. you said, we go way back. I know Leslie since she was three and I was five. I think Terry and I oh. met in junior high school when we were like right. in our te- early teens, twelve or thirteen years old. So we're all about the sisterhood, and we try to promote that. Tiffany, you're right. It's so important yeah. to be it's a, so important Can I just Mm-hmm. Yeah, Go ahead, Terry. Go ahead. Terry, you can say something? Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, can I just interject for a second? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I will cut a woman down that's coming from me. I'm just saying, I haven't matured yet. No, and that's the thing. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I say. haven't I, I never come after <laughs> another woman. You know, it's I mean, unless me. there's some real stuff going down, I mean, I get things, but. I mean, you know, when it's that that malicious thing in your, that that people do to each other, how can a woman who knows what it takes, you know, you know, it was harder just because you know you have to juggle more because you know we're still in that place, like I said, where if if the kids you can if the kids are stupid, who they blame? The mother. You know. Oh, yeah. Johnny got locked up. Oh, well, you know, she don't, she's never moved. Yeah, cause she wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, it's always on us. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, how can you, knowing what we, is, we go through maliciously and intentionally, want to go to another person that, because you know, people herself. are small. It's small in their mm-hmm. thinking. Like, some people haven't arrived there yet. Some people, and I see it at work, and I, I can only use it as my point of reference sometimes, some people haven't arrived there yet because of the fact that they don't believe that their lives mirror any of that bad stuff in some respect. And some people, like, you could go to church, and, it, you know, in your church world... You're sitting in a pew and sister's next to you, she can't even relate to you because maybe her son never went to jail or maybe, you know, her. maybe mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. doesn't mirror their life. And so they, there's people that are still judgmental in that way. And so they don't, they can't understand what you're going through or they can't they can't help themselves but to hurt you in some kind of way because for some reason they think their lives haven't touched that area yet. And, and you, mean, know you know what I know. almost want to enough. You keep living long enough, and you will experience the you most experience of the it. gamut. You will get it all. I yeah. almost a little bit different than that in a sense that they have been through something, but your misery makes them feel better about themselves. That's me, and they can say, "Well, I didn't do that." You know what I mean, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. But you know, everything is everything. We've all been through stuff. And I was listening to somebody actually. A guy, I don't. A guy, I don't necessarily. A woman, I don't necessarily. I can't say I necessarily like her. What But I heard something about her child. And it broke my heart to hear what was going on with her child. And because that was bigger, you know, in doing like saying what a mother could be going through, you know, her daughter's going through some bulimia, she's cutting herself, doing all kind of stuff. And I might not necessarily like the family per se, but I don't wish that on anybody. And I still prayed for them. Because it was, you're supposed to pray for them because that's some real harmful stuff. And, you know, it would be real easy for me to say, well, what comes around, goes around, or Palmer is a bee, or whatever the case may be. But when you're hearing about somebody's something that is sold, But, you know, when you, something happens to somebody's kid, you can't live yeah. in that space of being, you know, wishing them more pain. You no, you can't. But you know, Tiff, there's a lot of women out there. You know, because I hear it. I hear it. I listen. I talk to people. There's a lot of women out there that are just so ruthless. They are so mean. They are so cutting. We did a show on Mean Girls, you know. And mm-hmm. I have to say and admit, you know, there was a time when I was a mean girl. You know, you can get a few mm-hmm. people together that used to work for me, and I was torturous, horrifying to work for. But mm-hmm. um, I turned it over. So I don't know how to help other people turn that over. There's, people are just mean, and and it's horrifying. It's especially women to women. I think that is the worst kind of meanness. I think you children. You know, children have they have no they they didn't have to be here. They didn't have to be in this scenario or right. this environment. So they should get a pass on on whatever's going on between the adults, you know. But it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't that, happen that. like that. I think I mean, that's look at the so culture women. we're in. I think right women there, no. that are like 40 and over, I think we really should, you know, try and kind of mentor some of the younger women, especially women that weren't raised in an environment where they could get advice from their mother or their mother's mm-hmm. advice in mm-hmm. their life. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of young women out there that really kind of are yearning for Kind of some good advice from an older, more mature woman, and yes, you yes, know, yes. whether it's relationships, money, career, whatever, kind of take them under your wing, and then you know, every little tidbit you can share with them, share share that with them because they they could really use that help. I do, and that's why I talk to people. You know, I I I, I find people that are willing to talk, and we we just build. You know, I have this young lady at my job that she's the same age as my son and when I first started working with her I was like you know what she's young I don't have time for her nonsense but we have grown so close together and I learned from her as much as she's learned from me and she hears, you know sometimes I'm talking to you Leslie or you Terry and she overhears the conversation she's like oh man you know I want a circle of friends like that so that's the kind of reaching that you're talking about, Terry. We need to Well, that's to important too because she's seeing that women can connect and and be collective with each other and communicate with in a respectful way. Because, like you said, if they don't have, if someone hasn't grown up like that, I mean, I just was teaching today. I did a workshop for credit, a, a free credit report, a free credit um, seminar, and it was helping uh-huh. people improve their credit. And we was, you know, it was a bunch of people. We, we did it at a church. And I basically was telling them, like, even owning a home, I wouldn't have never owned a home coming from where I come from. I, no one owned a home, and, and everybody was a single mother. So, right. you know, it, it, took, it, it took time to look at, you know, meet people along the way, be mentored. You never know who God puts in your path to, um, guide you or to even just make you go left instead of going right to make certain decisions and I mean this is a beautiful thing what you ladies are doing first of all with your show congratulate totally congratulations because obviously you know, uh, you. I, you know I have my show it takes a lot to do this and it takes a commitment to keep it going and I see you you know you guys are doing a great job but also now bigger than that it's like quote unquote y'all are in business together <laughs> you know so it's like yeah. friendships business you know years together and so a lot of times we as we as it's that's definitely brown brown women we get so caught up in either a man we get so caught up in either you know either success or going down the ladder that we kind of break away from people because you know it's just not as important so it's beautiful to see that this relationships of, of decades is build together, making things happen, and then sharing that this is a possibility. Same thing for me. If I didn't see a married couple, you know, somewhere along the line, and I always tell my husband, he taught me how to be married, because I never really grew up around married people. So he right. taught me how to be married, and he, you know, and his family and his mom and and. His aunt and uncles who stayed together, and then the other aunt and uncles, and everybody lived in a five mile radius. I'm like, what kind of craziness is this? But this is crazy. <laughs> you're not just saying. This is just crazy. And so, you know, you you guys are blessings, I'm sure. Everyone who you're empowered with, and, um, you know, you learn from each other, and you've, and you've, and I don't know who said they were the mean girl, but, Clearly, your girl still got your back and you turned that around because we all go through our stuff. We are always, we are, sometimes we are the best thing since life spread and sometimes we are that, that word that we don't like to say, but yes, it comes up. We go through things. Sometimes we hurt We take it out on other people, but right. When right you're able right. to keep a relationship, a sisterhood, a friendship, and that's why I say my husband, like, he is my husband. I he's sexy. I love him. I'm attracted to him and all that. But he's also my brother. He's also my father. He's I love him in so many different kinds of ways. You know, he's, Disney, he's Tracy was a mean girl to me when I was little. Tracy was a mean girl. <laughs> I admitted it, okay? I admitted my mean girl. I didn't go back that far, Leslie, but I did admit that I was a girl. <laughs> Listen, I need you to own your stuff. You were mean to me. I wasn't mean to you. I was just oh. not as nice as I could have been. <laughs> you were the best a person at that particular time, and you was mm-hmm. the best. You was a you at that time. You was a better person because you knew that there was a good core, and you worked. And with I was them. little. I didn't know any better. I was you little. <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> Oh my God! You know, something? I have a confession. I was sitting here. I'm going to tell you guys this. We're talking about beating ourselves up. This is the last thing, and then we got to get out of here. I have a confession. You know, tonight was supposed to be a night where we had people call in, and we were going to talk and have this great conversation on different topics, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going back, and I'm saying, I can't understand why nobody's calling. What's going on? So I went back, and I looked at the post. You know what I did? I put the wrong number down. <laughs>
1: Right, well, you know, transposed
0: this the right number so they know where to call a number. Um, I, I I thank you guys for I had the right number so I thank you guys. See, I might not have been able to get on, so that's how God works too, because I was supposed to be able to get on. So that's it. Thank that's you, it. Uh, congratulations again. Okay, I, I thank love you, guys. thank you, thank you, Tiffany, and your listeners. If you are listening on Thursday from five to seven, your sister station. Um, we're um IBNX Radio. on Tiffany Road. Info, and I'll give you the number. And I think it's right because Sean gave it to me. Triple eight three eight three eighty nine fifty. And you know we talk about a whole lot of things as well. And you were, I would love for you. We got to constantly like try to get on each other's stuff because like, you gar- your girls are wonderful. We would love to have you guys on. We'll have us on. We'll have us on So this is yeah, love talk. Love great, talk great. for everyday exactly. people. This is Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. We're going to try this again next week, and we're going to have people call in. And this time, I'm going to give out the right number. The number to call in is 401 283 6316, and the PIN number is 29107. So we'll try it again next week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we have email, Love Talk for Everyday People at gmail.com. You can go on my website, T R A C I J H I N D S dot com. You can see previous shows there. Um, Leslie or Terry, if people want to get in touch with you, how they go about doing that. You can find me on Facebook, Leslie, Leslie Manson Lee. Terry? Facebook, Terry Sallet. All right. And me and I'll take you your stuff too. I'll take I'll take your stuff too and I'll put it on my page to promote. I love what you ladies are doing. Blessings. Thank you for having me on. All right, sister. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. You
1: say.